And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real, you're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app, your money will go to work. They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools, and they're built to help maximize your returns, not to mention your time. They have expert-built portfolios of low-cost exchange-traded funds. You know I love those exchange-traded funds. There's automated investing technology, and as part of that, automated rebalancing. Many of you have been asking about rebalancing, and it sort of feels like a hard thing to do on your own. With Betterment, easy peasy. They do it for you. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high-yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk, Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome to the Jill on Money show. It is Thursday, February 10th. Uh, Hey, Mark, um, I've just realized because now I feel like some of my scheduling stuff is now getting ironed out with all the great vacation time. But I think I would like to reschedule our holiday lunch. Are you up for that? Our holiday lunch? Yeah. Uh, we, Remember when I was... That's right. We, we, had, to, yeah, we had to blow that yeah, off because of... Omicron. Exactly. So you ready to reschedule or not? Yeah, yeah, we can do that. We, in fact, we, we also have to meet up with the um, with Karen, yes, the gal who did the website. Exactly. Well, uh, maybe we'll do a little combo, but I'm going to put that in the to-do list. Uh, anyway, I just point that out because I realize, like, it's time. I'm just, I'm ready, Mark. I'm ready. I'm, I'm feeling very upbeat today. Do you know why? Uh, you probably had a good ride. Great ride. Great, right. On the morning where, so this is, we're recording this on the morning that um, John Foley, the CEO of Peloton, stepped down. And I don't know, I just, I hopped on. I'm like, I everyone knows I'm in the can for Peloton. I love it. Mark, are you still loving it or you like it? Oh, Peloton? Yeah. No, I, I love it. I would be, I would be so lost without Peloton. All right. But so there you go. Okay. So anyway, I hop on the bike this morning. Personal record for a 45-minute class with Christine Dercol. It was Power Zone. Um, and it was zones three, four, five, but I was so psyched. I was like, I did it. So I'm feeling good. Walked the girls. So I'm in a great mood. What about you? Good mood. I had a very good, uh, interval ride yesterday. I'm going to do one later today. So you're, when you say personal record, what is that total output? Yes. My total output was the highest for a 45 minute ride. No, when I first started Peloton, I think I got it when I got it in 2018, I just, to this day, I still can't match what I was doing back in 2018. I just can't quite get there. You know why? Because you're old. You're old and decrepit. That's why. Yeah. Four, four years older. I just can't quite get four there. Four years older and one child richer. How about that? Yeah, that'll do mm-hmm. it. That'll do it. Yeah. Probably you don't get as much sleep. What do you think? I think it's more Theo than it is being, me being four years older. Yeah. Why? Because you're just tired? Yeah. I don't have the same energy. All right. 
Hey, let's do some uh, emails because you know what? We got a lot going on and we're going to be um, very excited. I just sent Mark, uh, early this morning, I sent Mark the vacation schedule for the first eight months of the year. So I'm feeling good about that. Did you Did you want to know where I was going for each of those? Well, the first thing I did was I, I did like, I think I read it like four or five times. I'm like, am I reading this right? And then I, ta- and then I tallied it up. So for the first eight months of the year, it's basically eight weeks of vacation. That's right. Exactly right. I think that's great. You know, I basically said, remember, it's like four weeks in August because we trying, we're trying to do four weeks, whatever. I don't know if we're going to do it. The week around 4th of July, then I've got the AICPA conference in June, right? And um, the first two are just, you know, these are all domestic trips. I think that the fourth one, the 4th of July might go to Europe. That's what I'm hoping to do. Well, that was, I was going to ask you if, if, you know, all things being normal, where, where are we wanting to Number go? Number one, I'm doing, because Jackie's getting that award in Orlando, so I'm doing that in March. April, hiking in Tucson. June, I have to go to Las Vegas for the AICPA. You know how much I loved Las Vegas last year. Fourth of July-ish, uh, Europe. Um, maybe London and Berlin is what it looks like. And then mm-hmm. August, um, you know, beach. beach. That's what I'm thinking. And then that could be it for the year because that's a lot of time. I'm hoping based on uh, what we're reading in the news that by August, I'm hoping Theo is vaccinated. <sighs> and at that time, we can hopefully get on a plane. We are thinking also maybe we would wrap in 4th of July. We might do Paris just for you. I'm thinking, I'm thinking our first trip, if we can pull it off in August overseas, I'm thinking Ireland. Oh, so nice. Ireland's beautiful. And it's, you know, because August is a very tricky time to travel to Europe. And that's one of the better places to go that time of year. And plus, I don't, it's a shorter flight with Theo, his first time on a plane. And, you know, there's no language barrier or anything. Oh, yeah, there is a language barrier. Let me tell you, (laughs) you can't understand a goddamn word they're saying over there. But I was a fun language barrier because it was just amusing when they spoke to you. And you're just thinking to yourself, it's kind of like Ireland and Scotland. Do they speaking English? All right, let's do some emails. Uh, okay, here, we, I'm not going to, um, let me not give the name of this person because this person has an interesting name and could, I don't want to out them. From West Orange, New Jersey, uh, she writes, my husband's restricted stock units vested last November, approximately $100,000 in stock. With the tax that was paid, it netted out to about, let's call it 75 grand. He wasn't really keeping track of this, so he just left it there. The stock prices fluctuated a lot since then. When the vested, the stock price was over 1500 now it's dropped to 900 What should we now do with the RSUs? He wants to wait until the stock price climbs. I'm thinking maybe the stock price was inflated and it's corrected. I think we should cash the shares out. And then next year, when the batch vests, pull it out immediately to avoid the situation. Also, it's a lot of money to have tied up in one stock. We will probably owe more tax when we file, given the distribution over our normal income. What do you think? Okay. Mark, RSUs are very difficult for people to you know wrap their heads around. But here we have a situation where you get these, the stock. It's available to you. In almost every single case, what I say to people is as soon as your stock becomes available to sell for your company, because you continue to accumulate it, sell it and reinvest it. And the only good news I would say is that, okay, let's just say that she's right, that it was overinflated, but the market overall should also have been, is also down. So like reallocate and move on and don't wait. What do you think about this husband waiting to time the market? Come on now, stop that. Can he tell me when it's going to go back yeah, up? Yeah, Mark, very smart. When, when is it going to go up? When is it going to go up? Just let us know. And we'll come on, guys. So when it becomes available, boom, get it done, move on. No messing around here. 
Okay. Okay. Here we go. This is from Sophia who changed her 401k to 50% Roth. And then she found out it is still subject to required minimum distributions on withdrawal. So I would have to convert it to a Roth IRA to avoid the required minimum distributions. How is that done? I assume there are no taxes due after tax, but I'm missing something. I didn't know that a Roth 401k is subject to required minimum distributions, Mark. That is true. That is true, says Mark. 100%. Yeah. The way to avoid it is, you know, once you stop working for that company, wherever the 401k is, is to just roll it over into a Roth IRA and that eliminates it. All right. It. So, and the, the smart thing is to open that Roth IRA now mm, because it starts the five-year window. Mm, so when, and when you roll the 401k into the Roth, it, it goes with the five-year window that you establish with the Roth IRA. Do what he says. That's what I say. Diane writes, my husband and I live in California. We've owned a rental property in Alaska for 20 years. We are planning to sell soon, probably next month. And our tax advisor recommends that we do a 1031 exchange instead of just sitting on the cash. We currently have three plus years of expenses sitting in the bank. We plan on retiring and leaving California in four to six years. Oh my gosh. They've got two pensions, two million bucks in retirement. They're going to be able to afford retirement just on the pension income alone. Okay. And if we do the exchange, the new place would be in Colorado where my son is relocating. We would rent to our son until we retire, and then it could become our primary or secondary home. The advisor says that if it did become our primary for a handful of years, we would avoid capital gains as rental. Is that correct? Yes, it is absolutely correct. The advantage of a 1031, they want to know the, the advantages and disadvantages. I mean, look, the disadvantages, it's a process. It actually requires you paying money to someone to advise you through that process. But the advantage is, all of the embedded gains that you have in that rental property just shift into the new property. And if you do this the right way, as your advisor says, maybe you've got these embedded, um, the, the depreciation that you've claimed all these years on your taxes, all of that shifts into the new property, cost basis into the new property. And then if you do exactly what you're saying, if you make it your primary and you're there two, I think it's two out of five years all of a sudden, the whole tax situation disappears. Now, the thing is, you really do need help. I think the tax advisor's on it, and I, and I like it. Just be careful, and you have to pay someone who does this, all right? You must have someone who does 1031 exchanges, including a lawyer and someone who's going to help you find a new property that qualifies for the 1031, okay? Uh, let's see. Joe writes, love, love, love your show. Mm, thanks, Joe. I'm retired. I'm drawing, drawing Social Security because my adult son is disabled and he will be eligible for Medicare on my record by the time my husband retires and loses his company health plan. Okay, my question. We have a taxable mutual fund through Janice Henderson. We've held it for over 30 years. The fund was changed a few years ago, so our cost basis has been dramatically stepped up. Up is the right direction. This is good. There's about $60,000 in the fund. We are now getting hit with between five dollars to $7,000 of long-term capital gains. All right. Well, it's been a great fund to have just hanging on out there for years. But now with retirement looming and trying to manage our taxable income, we wonder if we should just sell the, the account to finance my husband's forever truck. How, how could a truck be forever? <laughs> It's a depreciating asset. They got 200 grand in cash, 800 in Roths and traditional 401ks. They hope to uh, buy my husband into social security. And between the two of us, it will cover our monthly expenses, including health insurance. House is paid for. What do you think, Mark? What do you want to sell the fund? 
To get a forever truck? Hmm. I don't know. I feel like I need to know a little bit more. I know. I don't feel like I want to do this right now. I don't know what a forever truck means. If you want to sell the fund, that's one thing. I mean, you do have 200 grand in cash, which is great, but you did not say how old you guys are. So that's number one. And maybe I would sell, maybe I'd sell some of the fund this year. If you guys are married filing jointly and you are in, you make less than say $83,350, maybe I would do that. I would sell enough of this fund so that making sure you're, if you're in that 0% capital gains rate, that would be kind of cool. So I mean, you saying you're getting hit with capital gains of five to $7,000, but what's your rate? We don't know how much you make. Anyway, I just think it seems to me that you would probably do well just to kind of manage this carefully. How much are you spending on this truck? It seems like a lot. 60 grand. I mean, if it's all the 60, I don't love this idea, but anyway, I'm wimpy. Tell us more. Tell us more. Anthony's 60 years old. He makes $75,000. His wife makes $20,000 through um, SSDI, Social Security Disability Income. Anthony says, I'm in the highest tax bracket for the rest of my career, approximately 10 more years. Should I continue to keep contributing to my traditional 401k or switch to a Roth? I'm putting in 17%. What do you mean you're in the highest tax bracket? How is that possible, Mark? I think he means he's he's in the highest tax bracket for him. That like he's not he's not going to go up. He's going to stay in this bracket. Oh, okay, okay. They are in the twenty two percent tax bracket. Oh yeah, I would switch to the Roth. That's what I would do. Switch to the Roth. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. That's an easy one. And last but not least, from Roger, who says, "I'm retired. My wife still works. She makes a good salary, and we have a decent amount of retirement savings." I always like to know what that decent means. She thinks we should hire a money manager or financial planner. I don't think it's worth the fees, one to one and a quarter percent. My wife thinks we can do a lot better with someone helping. I think it's a wash on average. We've met with three folks who do this every time we walk away a little confused about what and how they will do their job. They all make different assumptions. The final numbers come out slightly different from each other, and it makes it much more difficult to decide. The amount of information is overwhelming, which I think is intentional. <laughs> Um, I don't know if it's intentional, but it's oftentimes it's a little imposter complex. Like, oh, I'm going to show you more information to show you how smart I am. What's the right approach to this dilemma? How do we make a decision on how to move forward? Well, let me ask you a question. I'm not sure when you say your wife thinks you could do better. Does she mean you could do better with someone managing your money because you're not doing well? Or does she think you need money? You need to spend some money on an actual long-term financial plan. I'm not sure which. If it's just money management, no, it's probably not worth it. If it's real financial planning and you might need that help, sure. I tell you what, what do you think, Mark? I think that Roger needs to get in touch with us. Come on the show, Roger. We'll help you. And he can do like other people have done recently. They can both come. Yeah, on. You, I like. I do like that joint. Um, I think we should do a little mer- a therapy. Remember, my friend Raul said we have to do Jill on life. We can do a little Jill on life when we get the both of you on the line. And this actually is a perfect example of why we would want you both on the line, right? Because we'd want to hear what each of them has to say. Maybe she thinks he is a lousy money manager. Maybe he's managing the money. Or maybe she's like, I'm doing all the money management. I don't want to deal with it anymore. We need more information. All right. Hey, it's a a Thursday and we are always so happy to hear from you. The easiest way to get in touch with us is to go to jillonmoney.com and click the contact us button. While you're there, sign up for the free weekly newsletter 
and subscribe to our sister broadcast. It's called Eye on Money. It's so easy to do. We really do appreciate that. So if you wouldn't mind, try to lift someone up today. And our mantra, as always, grit, growth, grace. Thank you for listening. And we'll talk to you tomorrow.